Welcome to All Angles Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Hunt, and in this episode today, we are going to talk about how to maximize Dubsado to save you time, energy, and overwhelm. So I've used Dubsado in my own business for over two years now, and I absolutely love it. I switched over from HoneyBook, and if you guys know anything about HoneyBook, it's like the only CRM that's recommended in the photography space, whereas Dubsado is so much more powerful. It has so many more implementations that you can use. The automations are incredible. And even though I could talk to you about this myself today, I've chosen to bring on Meg Cooper. Meg is a Dubsado workflow expert who has built dozens of customized 75 plus step automations for photographers to allow them to scale their businesses to the next level. She's freed up thousands of hours of their time, which is so accurate, while their Dubsado robo assistant flawlessly handles their client experience in the background, including her own. She believes in automating your systems in ways that don't feel automated and loves nothing more than blowing her clients' minds with things that they didn't even know was possible in Dubsado. Auto. Spoiler alert, this happens frequently. Whenever she's not brainstorming the next branch of her business, you'll find her devouring business and personal growth books, taking approximately 1 million photos of her two feline daughters, or bumping down dirt roads in national forest wilderness with her husband. So without further ado, let's get to this episode and you can expect to learn a whole heck of a lot from Meg. You are listening to All Angles, a business and photography podcast that truly hits on all angles of creating and sustaining a fulfilling photography career. Hosted by Claire Hunt, a former pediatric trauma nurse turned wedding photographer and educator. Every two weeks, Claire brings you tangible and actionable tips that help you improve your dream business all while providing you some encouragement along the way. For marketing, client experience, travel, content creation, productivity, and more, grab your coffee because we're about to hit on all angles of running your dream photography business. Welcome back to the show, friend. So as I mentioned, I have Meg joining me today on this episode, and we're so excited to dive into all things Dubsado. So Meg, introduce yourself. Tell us all about your business journey to this point. We'd love to hear it. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive into all of the things. So I have been an entrepreneur for four and a half years. I'm in my fifth year of business. I started building my back the back end of my business in 2018 and officially launched my business and took bookings January of 2019. So that's what I count as my anniversary. Quit my day job a couple of years later to go full time. And I'm now a third in my third year of being full time. My first business is in photography. I'm an elopement photographer that's based in Northern California. And I started building my workflow business in the fall of 2021 after I just became obsessed with the platform and was nerding out about all the things, the systems and automations. One day I just had this realization like, oh my God, I could sell this information and knowledge that I have to other people. So I started building a workflow business in that fall and then really hit my stride in Q1 2022 last year after kind of refining my one-on-one signature service. And here we are today. That is so amazing. I love that. I love that you have like two facets to your business because like it's really cool. I feel like to scale beyond just photography in some way with like something that you're passionate about. And I think like just by talking to you, looking through your website, like it definitely seems like you're in the right place as far as you're kind of like pivot but niche at the same time. So exactly, so cool. Thanks. I'm so glad that it resonates with you. It's It feels that way to me too. It's I sometimes fangirl about it myself because I'm like, this really is like the perfect way to segue into a second business by using yeah. a platform I'm already using in my photography business. It just, it was a very, it felt very natural of a progression to me. 
Yeah. Well, that's so awesome. And I know like on your website, you talk about using Dubsado to the fullest potential. So maybe first, can you just explain to anyone who like doesn't really know what Dubsado is, what it actually is, and then walk us through like what you mean about using it to the fullest potential? Totally. So Dubsado is a CRM, which stands for Client Relationship Manager. And this is a platform and software that helps you to kind of corral and organize all of your existing projects. So it's a place for you to hold all of your contracts and invoicing and send emails to your clients and questionnaires and things like that. So it's a place to manage your projects all in one place instead of kind of using like a third party appointment scheduler and a third party like contract signature service. It's all in one place. So that's what the platform is. When it comes to using it to its fullest potential, this is a phrase that gets tossed around a lot in Facebook groups and on Instagram and like all over the places where entrepreneurs hang out. It's people seem to think of it as as like this really nebulous thing. They recognize how powerful of a system Dubsado is, but they know that they aren't using it to its maximum capability. So they are just asking themselves, I know I'm not using it to its fullest potential. How do I do this? What does that even mean? And it's not as kind of obscure of an answer as people I think expect it to be. What it means is when you're automating your entire client experience process so that a client or project moves automatically through all of your project statuses in your process. You're integrating your canned emails, your forms, your appointment schedulers, you're running your entire process automatically and you're progressing them through your project statuses. So that's what it means to use it to its fullest potential. I love that. Yeah, I feel like that's more of a foundational kind of understanding than just like, yeah, use it to the fullest potential. Like there really are so many moving pieces and moving parts that go into setting up a CRM. And I know that that's like part of the dread, right? For every photographer, like many of us get into this business to create art and be photographers and have fun and shoot couples wedding days, things like that. But then really it does come down to like figuring out your client experience and being able to manage that really well. So like for you, how did you go from like being a photographer and like dreadfully and manually managing those kinds of client projects to being excited to like have new inquiries drop in? This happened one step at a time. (laughs) I mean, it's the same way you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. It happened over a long period of time as I was using the platform. But I taught myself to use Dubsado with all of their free information that I could find in their help directory, which shout out to the Dubsado team. Seriously, like one of the most legendary support and help directories I've come across. They're, They're amazing. I sing their praises all of the time. So I taught myself to use it with all of the free information that they provide, which of course does take a decent amount of time. So it was a while before I got to the place of being excited to see my new inquiries drop into my workflow. I did move from HoneyBook, which is a lot less capable than Dubsado. So it did take me even longer to adjust to Dubsado, learn the ins and outs. It was very different platform from HoneyBook. So it did take a while. But yeah, it was one step at a time. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel I moved from HoneyBook to Dubsado as well, which I shared at the beginning of the episode. And it truly is so amazing. Like, can you just point out a few of the differences for any photographer who's listening right now who's like, okay, but I'm on HoneyBook. So like, why should I move over to Dubsado? Like, what are the differences? (laughs) That could be quite literally an entire podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) You're not kidding. I'm not kidding. I talk about this a lot. Like I'm in a, in a couple like industry Facebook groups. And I mean, we all are familiar with this debate of like HoneyBook versus Dubsado, which do I go for? 
And it comes up over and over and over in Facebook groups. And I comment occasionally on a couple of them. And recently, there was same situation. One person was like, I don't know which to choose. And I commented this laundry list of things that this is pertaining specifically to workflows, because honestly, the workflow and automation capabilities in Dubsado are worth moving over for alone. HoneyBook does everything else. Like they, you can send contracts, you can do your invoices, you can send emails. Those basics are the same across any CRM, but the automations and workflows themselves are what's worth moving over to Dubsado for. So when I was commenting in this Facebook post, I came up with like seriously 13 line items that you can do in <laughs> Dubsado's workflows that you cannot do in HoneyBook. In addition to all the things that HoneyBook can do, there's like 13 plus more things you can do in Dubsado. So it quite literally could be an entirely other episode. A lot of what we are going to talk about today will kind of tie into those things of like what Dubsado can do. And that's those are the reasons why I love it so much, because these are features and things that I have yet to see from other platforms. So that answer is going to kind of be built into today's conversation anyway. Yes, I love that. So whenever I moved over from HoneyBook to Dubsado, the main reason why was because a pre-booking discovery call is a huge part of my like inquiry process. And you can actually set up a workflow based on like when that appointment is scheduled. And that's something you could not do in HoneyBook for the longest time. I don't even know if you can still to this day. So that was one of the biggest things of why I recommend switching over from HoneyBook to Dubsado, if that's you today, listening friend. So as far as the first thing that you would recommend automating whenever it comes to a photographer's client journey, what would be one of those first things? The first thing I tell people to get started automating is their appointment scheduler. People seem so averse to using Dubsado's native scheduler, and it completely escapes me why. <laughs> their appointment scheduler is so comprehensive. I see people either using a third party. Calendly is a big name that goes that's tossed around, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm sure there are other third party schedulers out there that people are using. So they'll either use a third party scheduler, even though they are using Dubsado as their CRM, or they'll not use a scheduler at all. And they're emailing back and forth with people to figure out appointment times for calls or any kind of appointments that you're using a scheduler for. So the first thing I recommend doing is setting up and also using your appointment scheduler. There's really no reason not to use Dubsado's scheduler. It's so great. It's so comprehensive. You can do a lot of things with it. That's the first thing I recommend to people. The second thing I recommend to people getting started automating when as an entry level kind of point before you get into your automations and high level workflows is sending your forms and questionnaires. These are things I recommend setting up ahead of time so that when you are ready to send them to a project, they're already logged in your account. So you can just one click them to each project and they're ready to go. So you're not having to reinvent the wheel with copying your questions from a Word doc every single time that you want to put into a questionnaire and creating a new questionnaire and form from scratch for every client. So having those logged in your library ahead of time with all the formatting and your beautiful images and pretty text and formatting, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I love that recommendation because I feel like so many times, you know, if there is something that you send on a regular basis, whether that is your scheduler, for example, or these forms or inquiry emails, like definitely set those things up first. That way, like once you get started on a new platform or even just get started with a CRM at all, then you have those beginning journey kind of things set up where then you're not wasting so much time or floundering around trying to figure out like, what do I send and when or what do I say? It's like having all of those things set up really will serve you so well in your business as far as even just like, 
relieving some of your own headspace with all the things and tasks that you need to do in order to care for people well. So I love that recommendation. Okay, so what are some small ways that photographers can start getting their Dubsado systems set up in a more like entry-level way than like a full workflow and still be able to save time? Definitely. So in addition to the things I already talked about, there are a couple additional things that I recommend doing. And the first is your canned emails. Same thing with what I said before about your questionnaires and any proposals or forms that you're using, your canned emails is a must-have because you need emails to send anything to your clients, but even before you're able to send a questionnaire because you have an email attached to that form introducing them to the form. Same thing with appointment schedulers. So the canned emails are really the baseline and basis for your entire client experience. And when you're having to write these over from scratch every single time you're writing an email to a client for their project, you're reinventing the wheel. So my rule of thumb is anytime you find yourself sitting down to write an email to a client more than one time, that email needs to be logged in your template library. So anytime you're writing, like if it's a payment reminder or you want them to set up a consult call, if you find yourself writing the same email more than once, it needs to be in your template library to save you some time because then you have that ready to go and you can just click that into their project and be ready to go. Yeah, I 100% agree. The second thing I recommend getting started with is setting up some packages. So people have a little bit of black and white thinking when it comes to packages. They think that either they want to do things 100% customized and bespoke for every single project and client, or they have to do it 100% automated with fully pre-made packages that they just serve up to their inquiries on a silver platter when they're getting ready to book the photographer. But there is a bit of a middle ground in this area. And this is where I recommend starting if you are someone who does like to customize your packages for each particular project. And I totally respect that. That was me for a long time. Like I spent years as a wedding photographer writing custom packages for all of my clients. So I know what that's yeah. like. <laughs> and there's no shade. But there is a little bit of ways to save you some time in the short term as you're working up to these full workflows. So with packages, I recommend starting with the common denominator of your service and writing a package for that. So if we think about the example of weddings, when you're talking with a new inquiry, and they might be interested in like, obviously, they're interested in hiring you to photograph their day, but you might also build a custom package for a second shooter to have a, an engagement session, maybe there's an album or print credit, you could add all of these things to your package. But the baseline common denominator is that you're showing up to photograph their wedding. So that's what would be in every single one of your packages. And you can build, of course, from there. Maybe like one package has just that day of coverage. And then the second one is duplicated with an additional second shooter. Maybe one has an engagement session, however you want to customize it. But when you have them set up like that ahead of time, when you go into your invoice to pull together all of their invoice and add things to their project that they're interested in hiring you for, you have a baseline of templates to start from. So you can add an existing package that's closest to what they're looking for and then customize from there to save you a couple clicks and mental math too of figuring out like how much these things are going to cost together if they're already interested in hiring you for it. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying like for custom proposals where you're essentially creating a new invoice, like different invoice than just like a set package, for example. So like 
you would have different packages for each kind of service that you offer. So like the package for like eight hours would be one package and then a second photographer would be another package and then an album would be another package, but then you would just add those together. Is that kind of how you're explaining it? Yeah. So you can do this two ways. You could have it on the client side, which is I think more like what you're picturing with on a formal proposal form where you send to the client. You could have like an a la carte thing where you have the client select all the things that they want and kind of like a a build a bear invoice. Or you can do it manually on your end. And this is the way that I used to do it. I would get off a call with someone after talking with them about what they're interested in hiring me for, what they might be interested in using their budget for. And I would manually go back to the invoice and add things on my back end and just kind of, again, start with like a a baseline that was closest to what they were looking for and then just add one or two things from there. So there's two ways you could do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I feel like too, for any of you who are listening and you're just like, I have no idea what packages means on Dubsado, it's just a back-end process where it shows essentially like all of the different services that you offer with their price point. And then that's where Meg is saying like you would just pair it together for those custom proposals, which makes it very streamlined and easy if you are offering the custom packages. And if you're offering more of like the set package, then you would just have it all in one and it's super easy and ready to go. But I think that's a perfect example of how how, you know, whenever it comes to your systems and your workflows and automations, it's never a one size fits all. Like these things, you kind of have to play with it and implement different things and see what works for you and your business model and the way that you want to like automate things or even set them up in the first place. So I love that perspective, Meg. And I think it really shines a light, even just from the packages perspective of like how you can do things so different, even in the same platform. So I love that. Exactly. 100%. Yes. Well, okay. So Whenever you are setting up a workflow, what are your favorite actions and triggers to use? Oh, man, I could talk about this all day long. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) so for those... (laughs) <laughs> Those that are familiar with the Enneagram, I am a Enneagram five wing four and uh, the five is called the investigator. I love to know all the things. This is why it's like <laughs> such a, this is like my perfect business because I love finding out all of the information. I love knowing why things work the way that they do. And just this like granular level of like understanding these systems and automations just like lights my brain on fire. It's like ultimate type five. So this is where this like the actions and triggers this is where it really, really comes out to shine. So you'll you'll probably hear me smiling through all of this because I, I actually am. It's like really lights me up. Are you a wedding or elopement photographer who wants to learn how to attract, book, and serve your dream couples within the next three months? If so, inside my mentorship program, Book It, you will go from barely booking or accepting jobs just for the income to fully booking it with dream couples you're actually excited about. This program has served over 65 students and they've gone from not knowing where their next inquiry is coming from to consistent inquiries that convert into bookings. Instead of running their business with no real plan, they're standing out from the crowd with consistent marketing and a strategic website that calls in their dream couples. They've gone from serving budget shoppers to raise prices, booking their highest packages on repeat. After our 12 weeks together, you will build or rebuild your business to become a profitable, sustainable consistent and fulfilling one if you're really ready to get clear on the next steps that you should take for your business in order to book out your calendar book it is the group mentor
mentorship program for you. You can learn more and apply through the link in the show notes and description, and I will personally review your application to make sure that it is the next best step for you. I truly cannot wait to meet you and serve you in this way. Let's get back to the episode. I love that you're excited about it because this is like... (laughs) Probably, I would say a majority of people listening right now are like, oh, this is not for me. So I'm glad that you're here. This is why I brought you. Yeah, I'm. this is also why I'm so excited to share all this because exactly what you just said. So many people just are so overwhelmed by Dubsado, especially when it comes to building their workflows. Like a lot of people will get started with what we've kind of already discussed, setting up their emails and appointment schedulers and things like that. But the workflows is what really intimidates people and just kind of scares them off, like low-key traumatizes them if they try and set them up and they don't work correctly. So anyway, yeah, I'm excited to kind of tell people about what my favorite parts are because I am just so excited about it. So When it comes to actions, or I'll kind of explain like how these kind of work together because they do really work together. So on a workflow action, when you're building a workflow, a single workflow action is made up of two things. You have an action, which is what you are sending, and then you have a trigger, which is when you are sending it. So these two pieces work together in tandem on each piece of your workflow. So when it comes to actions, I have a couple that are my absolute favorites. Don't take these in any particular order. These are just the way I thought of them. So the first thing that comes to mind is sending a form. I love this action because there's so much content you can send with this one action. You can send a proposal. You can send a questionnaire. You can send an uploaded PDF like your welcome guide or something you've brought in from Canva or InDesign or something. This single action allows you to just, like I said, send so much content to your clients in a myriad of ways. And that wouldn't be possible without this one single action. So that one is my favorite for sure. Uh, My second favorite action is start a workflow. This one comes into play when you're using multiple workflows or sequences in your business process. In my particular business, I use, I split up my booking process. So I have an inquiry sequence, I have a contract sequence, a retainer sequence, and then my official booked workflow. So by splitting them up, like that would be a whole nother episode and discussion about why I set them up that way. But the start a workflow action allows me to link all these sequences together automatically in the background based on thresholds that I'm dictating in the workflow. So without this single action, that wouldn't be possible. As what we were talking about earlier with HoneyBook, start a workflow is something that doesn't exist in HoneyBook. And as far as I know, you can actually only have one workflow at a time on a project. And in Dubsado, you can run as many workflows as you want on a project, which is a huge reason I love them so much. I love that you just mentioned this with the starter workflow because one way that this is so beneficial to photographers, especially for wedding photographers who are listening in, is if you have some packages that include an engagement session and some that do not, that is so powerful to be able to send out an appointment scheduler like Meg has already talked about, where then once they schedule that appointment, it can start a workflow and your appointment would be the engagement session. And then you have a totally separate separate engagement session workflow where you can still be going through all of the motions with your actual wedding planning, but you can also do the engagement totally separate where then you know both are being sent at the right time. And that has been like one of the best things for me and my business as far as like engagement sessions and workflows and the starter workflow action. So I seriously love that you mentioned that. 
I obsessed that you brought that up because that was my next example I was going to give oh, in love. the exact way. You're we're on the same wavelength. We are, girl. <laughs> that was exactly the example I was going to give next. I do the exact same thing in my business for the exact same reason is that a lot of my couples don't book a workflow, so I don't have it included in my main booked workflow. But for the couples who do book an engagement session, I can add a secondary what I call sidekick workflows. I can add my engagement sidekick to a project, but I use the scheduler in the exact same way and build that into my workflow. So I love that. I love that. Yes, girl. So the last action I would love to talk about is change project status. This is also a huge one that doesn't exist in HoneyBook. And I recently worked with a couple workflow clients who had migrated from HoneyBook in the last like six months or so. And they were the ones who told me that this doesn't exist there. And they would have to manually look at their list of projects and remember where each project was, manually change them over, like update their status where they were in the pipeline. And my mind just exploded. I was like, what a waste of time. Like on a day-to-day basis, like yes, the actual act of clicking into and changing their status, moving them down the funnel, that takes maybe 10 seconds. But when you're accounting for how many projects you have, maybe like 10 to 15 or 20, maybe 40, depending on how much volume you book, At any given time, plus like on top of the number of statuses and phases that you have each project go through, when you add all those 10 seconds up and not only the time, but just the mental energy it takes to remember and just manage all that, it's such a waste of time. So I love the change project status action in Dubsado because it just does that automatically for you. So this means that you can shuffle them along in the process of your client journey completely automatically so that you can have this just run in the background without you having to manually remember and keep track of where everyone is in the process based again this is going to be based on dictated by the triggers that you set in each action which we're going to dive into next but as an action alone this is so helpful Yeah, I hope you guys can see and just hearing Meg talk about all of these automations that those actions will do, that that is so much more beneficial than just like managing your clients through a spreadsheet that you have to manually update. I know so many photographers who do that and that's no shade, girl. Like you got to start somewhere, but this is how implementing a CRM will really save you so much of that time, energy, and overwhelm, which is exactly why Meg is here. So I hope that you're seeing that, but Meg, go ahead and feel free to dive into the triggers. Yes, these are my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) So my first and by far absolute favorite trigger that I use in my own workflow and in every single workflow build that I that I create is after form is not completed. This is also something that doesn't exist in HoneyBook. And this trigger means that you can automatically send reminders to clients when they have not filled out a proposal or a questionnaire within a given period of time. And this is something that you dictate in the workflow action also. So let's say that you have an inquiry come in and you send up a proposal and you want them to make a selection on the proposal because that's what's going to get them started in the booking process. And you explain to them, hey, click on this link and you'll be able to make your own package selections based on whatever you'd like to book me for. Well, as soon as you do, you'll be able to sign your contract and pay your invoice in the same window, blah, blah, blah. 
the after form not completed trigger allows you to dictate when you want to send reminders to that client based on when they haven't made a selection. So maybe like five days later or something, you can send them an email that says, hey, I noticed you haven't completed your proposal. Here's that link one more time. This is really important before we can move on because you're not officially booked until this is completed. So Dubsado can look for and watch for when these pieces of content and these forms are not completed. And the threshold for being completed is a client clicking send on the form at the bottom of it. So this works for questionnaires in your pro- in your booked process too. If you're sending questionnaires at any point in your process, you can send reminders and send the form again or a different form maybe. Like maybe in your booked process, you send out a really long like details and timeline questionnaire. And maybe in a reminder down the road, they still haven't gotten gotten it done. So you send them a condensed version. You're like, it looks like you haven't gotten this completed. If this is too hefty for you and you just don't have the time for it, I'd love to send you a smaller version of this form with just the bare essentials that I absolutely need to know from you. And so you can use that trigger after form is not completed to not only send the same form like I talked about in the last example, but you could use it to send a second form and still watch for that original form to not be completed. So it's really versatile and just completely automates all of the reminders that you need to be sending to people for these pieces of content that you need them to complete. I absolutely love how that hits on the pain point there of a client having a really long questionnaire to fill out and it's automatically going to send maybe a shorter questionnaire. Like I think that is a great piece of information that you just gave all of these photographers listening because so many times we do want to send and get all of the information, but people are busy. So if you have something set up where you can reduce that pain point, if they're not able to fill it all out, but still get those necessary pieces, that is powerful. Like that one workflow trigger alone is amazing. So I love that you just shared that. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said, that one is my absolute favorite. I would cry if that wasn't available. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my next favorite trigger is after appointment is scheduled. And this comes right back to the example you gave of the engagement session, which is what I use it most frequently for. But you can also use it for earlier on in your inquiry process. Like if you have consult calls, you could set up like thank you emails to go out. Maybe you want to send like some couple blog resources after someone officially books a call with you and you're like, hey, thanks so much for booking a consult. Here's some some more resources for you that I'd love for you to check out as we lead up into this call. And then same thing with the engagement session. If someone books an appointment to have their engagement session photographed, you could use the trigger after appointment is scheduled to send them a prep questionnaire that you don't want to go out until they officially book the date with you. So you could say, hey, thanks so much for sending or for scheduling your engagement session. Now that we have this on the books, here's a quick prep questionnaire I want to send you to get started in planning. Love that. And then the last trigger that I love to use is after invoice installment is paid. I use this most frequently for the inquiry and booking process so that you can watch for the first retainer payment to be paid before a project gets moved over from leads to jobs. And at this point in the process, you might have other things going on, like a form being completed. You can start a new workflow, change the project status again from inquiry to booked, things like that. But that single invoice installment paid is really powerful too to use in your inquiry process. Beautiful. Yeah, that's so amazing too. And as far as like idiosyncrasies go, are there any that people should watch out for whenever they're setting up these workflows, actions, and triggers? 
Yeah, there definitely are. The thing that happens with this comprehensive of a platform is that there are some hiccups and road bumps that you do need to watch out for because there are just so many moving parts and there's a lot of functionality. So there's a couple things I do want to point out. The first is that your workflow emails are not going to update automatically. So in order to build a workflow, I highly recommend setting up your canned emails first. You technically can build a workflow without canned emails first, and you can just create the emails in the workflow builder, but I recommend setting them up in your canned email library first, just so you have all of that content logged. So when you're bringing those canned emails into the workflow, if you make any changes after adding them to the workflow, if you make any changes to the original master copy of the canned email, those updates and changes are not going to be pushed out automatically to the the copy that shows up in the workflow. So you do have to update them manually, unfortunately. So that's one idiosyncrasy to watch out for that people get hung up on is that they're updating their Candima library and not realizing that those changes they're making are not pushing out to their workflows. Then second thing to watch out for is your appointment related follow-ups and your payment remainder follow-ups. So these emails like your confirmations or your upcoming reminders, these will not work correctly if they are sent within a workflow. The appointment related ones won't work because if you're using smart fields in the email, like if you're using a smart field for appointment start time, appointment start date, et cetera, appointment length, those smart fields are gonna show up as blank in a workflow And so they need to be attached to the scheduler itself for it to reference what appointment is made. And similar thing with the payment reminders, they need to go in your payment plans rather than a workflow itself, because your payment plan is separate with those due dates and what which payments go with which emails rather than a workflow. So those are the main things to watch out for. That's really good to know. And just so you guys know too, a smart field essentially is like the little squigglies that contain exactly what you want it to say. So a lot of times that could be like a date or their engagement session appointment schedule time or things of that sort where you just literally go into Dubsado, you import that code straight from the Dubsado platform. Like you don't have to write any code or anything like that. And it automatically populates those details, which is really helpful so that you're not having to always go back and forth and figure out when were things scheduled or whatever, you can just input those smart fields. So that's what that means. But I love that you share those two things, Meg. And as far as workflows and like, let's say a photographer is listening right now and they're like, okay, like automation is great, but I also like to go in and personalize my emails and like really beef it up a lot. I know that's me. How do you recommend doing that the best? This is a place that people get hung up on a lot, and this is a big objection people have to wanting to set up automations and workflows in the first place because they think that having an automated workflow means that they will lose their personalization and it's going to sound automated and like a robot. To be completely honest, that could not be farther from the truth. And I have my own experience to back that up. I have my own workflow clients' experiences to back that up. That just simply isn't the case when you're putting thought and effort into what you're writing. And in order to not have that happen, to not sound automated and like a robot, you need to put your personality and brand messaging and infusing that throughout your canned emails, throughout all of your touch points. When you do that, it's not going to sound automated. When you're really speaking genuinely and authentically in your copy, that's going to come through to your client and they're going to feel like you are writing it to them. 
So when it comes to kind of walking this line between customization and automation, which is, I'm not going to lie, a very delicate line to walk, but it can be done. Uh, But when you're trying to walk in that middle space, what I recommend doing when you're setting up your canned emails is to put as much of the body as you can, like the things that you're always having to explain to people, the things that you're always communicating to somebody, even if it's if anything from your first response to an inquiry to like your six months out or like day before a check in email, what have you, anything that you're constantly saying to people, put all of that information into your canned emails. And this can be like questions that you're answering ahead of time, tips that you want them to remember, resources that you're sending. Most likely, you're not going to need to be customizing those for every single client. But for the specific situations where you do want to customize an email, like for a brand new inquiry, you do want to customize that a little bit. You can't just get away with, I mean, well, you could, you could send a fully automated email. I don't could usually be recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually one of the easiest things to think about when you want to customize an email. And what I recommend doing is taking the advice I just gave of setting up that first inquiry email with as much information as possible already in it to start that you're regularly sending to all of your leads and then having just a quick placeholder at the top, maybe some prompts for yourself to answer that you would then go in and delete and write over when you add that to a project. So that's the way I recommend kind of thinking about your canned emails and kind of walking that line. I absolutely love that. Well, Meg, you have dropped so much goodness for us today on just how to really maximize our time in Dubsado and get systems in place and all of those things. So for anyone who's listening, who has really resonated with you, the education that you've given, where can they find you? What offers do you have for them? Go ahead and spill the tea. So I would love for you guys to come over to my website and find all the information there, which is dubsadoworkflowswithmeg.com. You can also find me on Instagram at megcooperworkflows. I'm actually not active on Instagram and social media and haven't been for a full two years, which has been amazing. But I do have an account on Instagram. There's lots of content there for you to interact with, but it really is just an invitation for you to come over to my website where I hang out. If you are listening to all of this conversation and you're like, wow, Meg, this sounds amazing. I would love to automate my workflow. But the problem is I have no idea what my workflow even is. I have no idea where to even start. I have a free Google worksheet that I would love for you to check out and download. And we'll drop a link to that in the show notes. This is a Google sheet that I designed for myself to map out my own workflow process. And It has all kinds of fields for you to plug in, what you're sending, when you're sending it, the actions and triggers that we described earlier are built in a little bit for you to start thinking about when you want to send be sending things and at what point, whether they need approvals or what have you. There's questions in that sheet to kind of guide you as you figure out where someone will fall in like the inquiry booking or booked process. And there's also a built-in checklist for you to go as you find new pieces of content that you might need to create, whether it's a specific email or form or or anything. So if you're operating off of post-its or your memory and feel like like you're struggling to really kind of streamline and organize your workflow in the first place before you get started automating it, this Google worksheet is for you and you can download that for free on my website. That is such a powerful free resource for you to offer to the audience. So yes, that will be in the show notes and description for you guys if you'd like to get your hands on it. And Meg, thank you so much for being here today and just offering your expertise to us. Thanks so much for having me, Claire. This has been so much fun. I love, as you can tell, like I said before, I love talking about all things Dubsado and any chance that I get to do that brings me so much joy. So I appreciate the opportunity. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll be back in your ears with more photo biz goodness every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe to the show. If you're loving the episodes, I want to welcome you to leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify so the podcast reaches more listeners just like you. Also, it lets me know what you enjoy hearing the most, and I promise it really goes a long way. If you're ready to dig deeper, save yourself time, and master all angles of running your dream photography business, I offer one-on-one mentoring, group mentorship programs for wedding and elopement photographers, and resources to make your business work for you instead of the other way around. The links to all of these offerings will be in the show notes and description, as well as any freebies and discounts mentioned in the episode. Until next time, my friend.